Hey, welcome to the Default Alive podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're a regular, welcome back. Hey, hey. Hello, hello. What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, good. Except for two seconds before we started this, I got hit with two different uh, churn email notifications. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it happens. Such a downer. Yeah. I actually had, I have a similar experience. Uh, last week, I had, I had been thinking about it for so long, like months, at least since like September, October of... Um, like when I would get the first renewals for swipe files, because when I launched swipe files, it was around this time last year. And I couldn't remember the exact date, but last week I had my first renewals. And of course I like forgot about it. I was going to do a whole thing. And <laughs> so I, I need to this week, um, which was awesome. Cause I got my first like renewals and people, uh, renewed and said, Hey, you know, just wanted to, well, whatever, you know, people had like billing questions or whatever to like change it to their company and whatever. But then I also had uh, the first churn from those renewals. So that was kind of a bummer too, because I went over the like 300 true fans, you know, paid members milestone. And then I went back down. So now I'm at like 293 <laughs> or something afterwards. I was like, ah, oh, sucks to see, but whatever. I swear that always happens for every big milestone. <laughs> or right. maybe you just no, notice it more then, but yeah. Uh, like I made it. Nope. Psych. Yeah. It's going back down for whatever reason. It could also be April. I've seen a few people. I say that April has been kind of weird. There's more churn than normal. So, yeah, well, that, that definitely holds true for Jetboost. It's been a, a much slower month than uh, the, the past three for, for Q1. April has not been so good and churn's been higher. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I might have mentioned it last week, but I feel like I haven't done like anything this month. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> flown by. It really has. And uh, so, I don't know if that's been like other people's experience too, and they just like haven't been like using things or been very productive or I don't know. So not signing up for new things. Who knows? Yeah. It's funny, man. I feel like this would be a completely different podcast if we recorded on Fridays instead of Mondays. <laughs> and I know you, you've talked about this mm. before, but uh, like last Friday I was very down, you know, it's end of the week. I'm feeling like didn't get nearly what I wanted to get done and um, you know, had a few setbacks and all of that. And now today's Monday, feeling optimistic again and, and got the whole week in front of right. me. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we record on Mondays. Yeah, we'll call that a strategic decision <laughs> we made from the beginning that we knew that recording on Monday was probably best for enthusiasm and uh, optimism and being able to make a good podcast. Right. I would, yeah, it would definitely be the same way too. Like Fridays, I'm just like frantically trying to get things done that I didn't before. And even last Friday was like, I had this big long to-do list and I sort of knew like um, probably like reaching for the stars here. And then around like one o'clock, I just hit this like lull. And then I like literally couldn't do anything <laughs> after that. And it was like, I was just like fighting to like sit down and do something that I literally couldn't. And uh, so I ended up just like giving up and then I did a little bit of work over the weekend, which I probably shouldn't have, but I kind of needed to cause I didn't do the things I wanted to on Friday. So yeah, it would be it would be totally different. Yeah, yeah, I know I know that feeling where you're like you want to sit down and get stuff done. I, I felt that way yesterday. I was trying to, I was hoping to catch up on some things, but I was like, 
like you said, you know, Friday afternoon for you, yesterday was Sunday. It was like, I just don't have the energy to do it and I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's like maybe because I've been in a cycle of kind of doing some work on the weekends, but I feel like it's this vicious cycle of if you, if you do even work a little bit on the weekends, then when you start on Monday, then you feel a little bit more tired and a little bit less like urgent to like get things done, which then like carries on throughout the week, which then makes you end up having to do work on the weekends. And it's like this, you know, self-perpetuating thing. And, uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I was like, why am I so tired on Friday? And I don't know. Yeah. And then if you get in the cycle where you're working on weekends and then if you stop, all of a sudden your week feels a lot shorter <laughs> and <right? laughs> so then that's, that's hard too, but yeah. yeah. Right. Well, well, I'm, I'm somewhat curious cause we kind of left on a cliffhanger. Uh, did, did you make hmm. any decisions as to, you know, you mentioned the four big things last time, the cohort courses, masterminds, um, now hmm. I'm blanking on the other two. Yeah. The, uh, the mastermind group and the, um, the master classes. What was the other big thing? Oh, the workshops. The workshops. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I, I had done a lot of thinking over the weekend and, uh, I think it was also cause my wife was gone. She went to a, a bachelorette party and I always get kind of like existential when we're away. <laughs> <laughs> we're both very like codependent spouses. <laughs> we can't be away from each other at all. That's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, actually on the core based course, I think I'm going to do it. And I think I'm going to send an email and a tweet out this week to kind of like get some early interest. Oh, nice. And I might even, um, I was going to reach out to Peter soon about uh, some soon. I always butcher people's names, but about maybe using reform to maybe get him kind of a boost, but you know, using something cause they, they want you to like collect interest through, uh, through a form. And, uh, but I don't think I'm going to do any sort of like early beta version, um, I think I'm just going to like let that kind of take its course when, when it will, um, on the mastermind groups, I think I'm actually, I'm going to pursue that and definitely do like an MVP. Uh, but I think I'm going to do that in tandem with once I have a VA and I'm pretty close to, I think I'm kind of, I'm going to experiment. Uh, I think we're probably going to move forward with, um, this company called squared away. They're actually the founders based here in San Diego. Uh, they work with military spouses. And so I was going to go with the Upwork route, and there's definitely some like other more like cost efficient options, but I just feel like for what I'm looking for, I'll have to pay a little bit more and like, I just want to like, just like get started and then I can kind of figure it out later. Uh, just, I don't want to do like analysis paralysis just in this, you know, trying to like over optimize for something that I'm not even sure will like work entirely. So mm-hmm. anyways, that will be like pretty intense for putting it together, matchmaking, you know, sending invites out and like, I don't want to do that. And so that's going to be one of the projects they work with, with a VA. Um, so I'm going to do that in a limited kind of, you know, ship MVP, but, uh, probably not until like may ish, um, on the master classes, I'm actually thinking about pivoting away from that. And it's kind of in tandem with the workshops, but I've been thinking, uh, like the thought with the master class was basically, you know, I can sort of curate this content from other experts and then make them an affiliate. And then like, it'll be like a backdoor way into re- the recurring revenue of the membership with the added bonus, some sort of like one-time revenue, uh, upfront. Um, 
But then I was like, well, like anything, it's kind of like this article in the works, but like anything could be like a product or it could be marketing. And I've been sort of thinking about it as like more of like a product perspective. But then I had the thought of like, what if I go more of the marketing route and instead I host like some sort of summit or like, um, or even just integrate it into the workshops and instead like instead of making it a paid thing, mm-hmm. make it a free thing. But then like the replay would only be available to Swifels members and it'd go in the archive to reference, you know, anytime later that you want. Um, so that's more the, the, I think that'll be a much easier ask, a much quicker, easier thing to put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also kind of like get straight to what I want, which is, just like the membership fee, not necessarily like the course revenue. Right. Um, so that's kind of where I landed on that so far, still kind of TBD. And with the workshops as well, I've been thinking so far, I've been making them like, uh, so I felt members only, and then like it's password protected, but then like I give it out to the, the people, the person who's hosting the workshop. Um, but now I'm thinking that I'll sort of make it a little bit more public and either, like give the password out for anyone, like just make it publicly available, but that might be like an extra layer of friction. Um, but either way, like allow anyone to watch it. But then of course, like the replay would only be available for Swipe files members in the archive. Um, again, trying to get back to like, what do I really want? And I really just want to build the archive of like all this amazing content that can be referenced by anyone at any time mm-hmm. later on. And so trying not to like, um, I know the, yeah, I know that, uh, I don't know. I, I could be wrong because like you said last week, some people joined swipe files just for the workshop, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking like not a lot of people will join live and not a lot of people join live these days. So if like they really want it for free, they can join live or if they like want it and everything else, they can join the membership and then get it that way. Um, or at least start a seven day trial, you know? like that's fine with me i'm okay with that um so that's kind of where i landed with with those four things yeah that makes sense if you're not seeing a ton of you know people taking advantage of the fact that it is live and yeah i assume the way you're thinking about it is it could just be a marketing thing where someone can join live and see how the workshops are done what type of information they get out of it and uh, you know, then you can promote maybe past workshops or, or something else, you know, at the end of the workshop to try and get them to sign up. Yeah. And then make a little bit of like a sort of invitation to swipe files rather than like a, a thing only for swipe files members. Um, so that, yeah, that's the direction I'm leaning. I could be wrong. I'm going to kind of like keep testing and stuff, but mm-hmm. trying to, trying to practice that muscle of just being super objective and just getting straight to the point of kind of what I'm after. Yeah. And what is ultimately helpful for Swipe House members as well. Cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What about you? What's, uh, what's been happening the last week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I alluded to it a bit earlier, uh, last week was, it was, it was a more (laughs) difficult week, um, for, for a Mm. few different reasons, you know, number, number one, I I was thinking about it over the weekend, 
like one thing I've learned in the past year and a half of uh, of running a business is it magnifies all of your well, it magnifies your personality in general. So all of your all of your flaws, mm. all of your weaknesses, uh, and also all of your <laughs> strengths and skills as well. You know, if if you're yeah. very yeah. charismatic or creative or innovative, uh, and you apply those to to the business, you know that's a that can be a huge multiplier and a huge bonus for the business. But at the same time, uh, you know if you're more of a, a control freak or um, you know, have issues communicating or, or whatever it may be, uh, those things get multiplied in the business. And particularly, uh, you know, once you expand beyond just like a, a one person service offering or, um, product business hmm. and, you know, and is this, again, this is not like something that has just happened last week. Like I've realized this for the last year and a half, like I've had to become, uh, you know, a better person. Uh, I've had to work on weaknesses and, uh, in order to not limit the business to just what I'm comfortable with. Uh, and Hmm. so I don't know, (laughs) it it was a, it was a tough week in, in some areas, but, uh, I think taking some time to think about it over the weekend and, uh, you know, realize that, it's okay. And there's going to be times where, you know, I'm uncomfortable or, uh, I feel out of my element, uh, and just working on it, I guess, uh, and, and being mm. upfront about it. So, uh, you know, delegating is, That's very, is new for me. Very and, true. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic now about things moving forward. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I think I've noticed th- this through, um, through the process of, you know, looking into having a VA. I'm just like, man, I am not like a, uh, I don't know if I'm like the stereotypical kind of entrepreneur, but like I'm, cause I'm not like super extroverted and like, you know, uh, like someone who could be like a psychopath manipulator, you know, that's just like really like persuasive, but I'm definitely like the like starter kind of visionary, like living in the future. Just want to like get to wherever we're going, just thinking ahead. And I'm not, you know, operationally logistically minded. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just find myself fighting all the like logistics part of swipe files and just things in general, like having like following like a really, type process in a time and manner, especially, um, I'll just procrastinate all that stuff all the time. And like on Friday, like the big things on Friday were like all these like operationally, you know, things. It was like, you know, write up the show notes for like the past six guests that I've recorded with and then like upload them all to transistor. And, um, there were like fun things in there that I didn't get to like recording the ad slot and recording the guest intro and outro but then there was other things like, you know, changing stuff in the Swipe Files community. And like, I had this thing to like add the smart app banner to the site. I was like, all these little things. Mm-hmm. And I just want them to be done. I like, I have the idea. I want them to be done, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the, the downside of, I'm not the type of person of like, 
just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm like, I will be the one. I like being the one that tells you what to do or tell myself what to do, but then I'm not, I don't want to actually go and do the thing. <laughs> yeah. I th- yeah. I think with, with anything, it's getting anything over the finish line. There's always all these little tasks along the way that are like not that much fun. And, uh, you mm-hmm. just have to find a way to get them done or, or find a way to outsource them. Yeah. 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 So trying to get more, I think the VA will help. I'm also, God, it's been this recurring theme. It's like so embarrassing to talk about, but really tightening my schedule on like, these are the things I want to work on at certain times during the week, because I just find that all, I don't know, like make a list for each day. And even when I like, even like the, the act of creating like these blocks of time for things on my to-do list is like one of those like operational logistic things that I just like fight and like don't like doing something that I'll just like create those ahead of time and like have those kind of scheduled ahead where it's like, all right, you know, from nine to 11, this is like writing time. And then like on Fridays, it's like the day that I record the guest intro outros or whatever, just that it's like decided for me almost. We'll see if that works, but I'm like, yeah, I just find myself fighting myself on that. And the, uh, the energy management part of it too, a little bit. Um, someone said the other day, it's like time management isn't the hard part. It's the energy mm-hmm. in the time that you're managing, you know? And so I find myself going in these like swings up and down and I'm tired. I'm not tired. Certain things give me energy, certain things don't. And I think on Friday I realized like there's this big long list of things that were like draining and not energy given. And so it just felt like this, you know, huge wall to climb and, I need to break it up into things that are actually manageable to, to do. And yeah, yeah, it's all a learning process. It's really difficult when the tasks that you need to do that are the, you know, true priority are not the ones you actually want to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There, yeah. There needs to be like a, you know, like there's the Eisenhower matrix where it's like, do it, delegate it, delay it delete it. Mm, mm-hmm. I feel like there needs to be a thing of like, I want to do it and I need to do it. And then like, I don't want to do it, but I need to do it. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, all the different variations yeah. of that. And like, yeah, when there's a big long list of things that you need to do, but you don't want to do, it's just like such a hard, such a hard thing to overcome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think the, the other thing I was kind of kicking myself about last week was, uh, I've been tweeting about it a little bit, which was fun. Um, making some updates to the, the Chrome extension that I created for Webflow. Uh, well, for the Webflow designer that adds like different little features to the, to the designer. People, those tweets get a lot of engagement. People get really excited about it um, because it's like actually adding features into the designer. Like that's so cool. Um, you know, <laughs> people want to use Webflow at the end of the day, like Jetboost is sort of a side thing that they tolerate, but like they want to be in Webflow. Um, yeah. Hmm. So I, I've, I've enjoyed sharing, you know, what I'm working on with that, but uh, like, like everything, it has dragged out uh, much longer than I anticipated. I thought maybe I had <laughs> one or two more days of work last week and it took almost all week. Um, mm. And 
you know, in, in the back of my mind, particularly as as it got to be Thursday, Friday, I'm I'm thinking, is this really like the number one priority, the number one thing that I should be focused on right now? And, uh, you know, I think there's a reason mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, and I'm embarrassed by this, but I haven't updated it in over a year because there's always been something that's more priority to, to, to work on, to take care of. And it just so happened that I, I got in this groove with it over the last couple of weeks and, uh, you know, and was having fun with it. But now looking back at how much time I've spent on it, I'm like, there, there's definitely more pressing things. <laughs> hmm. So that was tough. Well, yeah. That, that, fit, that fits in the box of, uh, Things I want to do, but that I don't that I don't need to do. Yeah, right? so there's that new kind of matrix of a. Uh, but I, I would I don't know. I feel like it's fun and like uh, something I was thinking about over the weekend uh, on on the same kind of tangent. It's like we shouldn't just have to do the things that we like need to do that are like objectively ROI positive. Like we should be able to just do fun things too. You know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like ModKit fits in that box at least at the very minimum, but there's also a business case to be made for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's its own little, you know, project for marketing. Um, but it, yeah, <laughs> it took a lot more time than I expected. And uh, looking back mm-hmm. on that, I was, you know, and as April's coming to a close, it's just like, wow. <laughs> well, here's how you can justify it. Uh, market it, get it out there, get it in people, more people's hands and, um, you know, see how that affects installs and signups. Uh, the things you were showing me are really, really cool. And I feel like, especially now that you're making the updates, like, you know, it could be a good excuse in your marketing, right. To like make a run at just promoting it in Facebook groups or mm-hmm. Slack groups or other kind of places just to, um, you know, to kind of go through the, through the, what's it make the rounds, right. Or just like different places you'd promote it. Uh, also made me think still need to, to post jet boost to product hunt. And then later you can post mod kit to product hunt, right? Mod kit by jet oh, boost. Man, yeah. Um, maybe that's the kind of, you know, kicking the butt that you need. I feel like that would be a perfect, you know, it's just like a free tool. Right. So, yeah. Um, who knows what that could do? I, yeah. I never even thought about putting mod kit on product hunt and hacker news. I bet. Well, I don't know how many, web fleecers are on hacker news but i think people would find that interesting right it's the type of thing that maybe they could go they could do well on hacker news yeah i mean webflow is a yc company so no it's true huh i forgot about that Hmm. well i feel you but i wouldn't be too hard on yourself i feel like modkit is fun and yeah it's probably like if if the if it was like a really good month for for jet boost and like you didn't see some of that churn or like mm-hmm. just it's just felt slow in general if it didn't feel that way mm-hmm. and you were working on market you probably feel better but <laughs> it's, it's just the true. fact that right it's it's a bad combination yeah i will say the you know one good thing that's come out of so far is uh i'm writing some so i added the ability in modkit to actually like tell people when they're when they first launch uh, Webflow and there's a new version, like it notifies them that there's a new version of it. And you can click a link mm-hmm. and it takes you to JetBoost, uh, the JetBoost website. Uh, and I'm adding like blog posts there for the ModKit updates. Uh, and it's the first like real 
blog posts or type of content like that that I've added to the JetBoost website. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is like actually kind of fun. Uh, so I think it's going to <laughs> get me in the in the zone a little bit to produce more content like that, uh, like actually write blog Love posts it. on on the website. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, a good kind of forcing function maybe to kickstart that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty much been it though for me. I love it. Yeah, it's been a little bit lighter for me too. I think my own, one other update is um, I'm kind of like toying with this idea, and um, I think I'm finally taking action on it. But like in tandem with realizing that a lot of my like content creation starts on Twitter, and uh, even for things like the tiny marketing ideas newsletter, like main swipe files newsletter. Uh, well, those, yeah, those are the main kind of two outlets. Um, a lot of those that I have produced like started kind of on Twitter. And so instead of me, like, I think I've been fo focusing on the wrong input. And if I actually focus more on like Twitter as the input, then like those things in turn will also increase in, in output. Um, so I think I'm going to make like a, a run at Twitter and really try to grow my following there and take it more seriously. And, I, I posted on Twitter actually right before this, if anyone wanted to kind of join me in a challenge to swap notes and I don't know, like create some sort of like incentive or reward for, you know, participating. Uh, and we can all kind of like boost each other, rising tide lifts all boats kind of idea. Um, so I think it's going to, it's going to happen, but uh, maybe for the next couple of months, like really, really focus on Twitter and then let, let the newsletter content be like a result of content I'm creating in Twitter that I can just sort of like use as an outline or just like a rough draft or things for that and see what people respond to instead of me kind of just picking stuff. Um, so TBD on that, but I think that's gonna, I've also been thinking, who was it? It was someone in this white house community. Oh, Zach. Uh, he created an app called Spons Sponstaneous. Um, it's a little bit hard to say. <laughs> can't say it's my favorite name, but it's like Scott's chief flights, but for Airbnb, Oh, wow. So he sends you like last minute kind of Airbnb deals and, uh, he does it on the side, but he asked in the community, he was like, Hey, like what he's like, it's my side project. Like, what should I be like focusing on? And, um, and so I gave him the advice of, uh, like the one thing, have you read that book? The one thing by, um, no, oh, I can't remember his author name. Okay. It's a good book. Uh, but basically the whole thought is like, if you just ask yourself this magic question of what's the one thing such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or even unnecessary. And like really nail down to like, you know, one thing is like even kind of just like the heuristic, but it could be two things or three things, but like, what is the thing that will unlock everything? So for him, I told him, like, just focus on growing the subscriber base to the newsletter. And like, that's the one thing that will grow affiliate revenue and, like once you have reached a sort of critical mass, then you can introduce other product ideas or, uh, you know, that's really like the, the North star metric. And then it made me, someone else a while back was like the advice you give to other people is like most likely the advice that you need to hear yourself, mm. kind of just like projecting <laughs> other people. And then it had me think like, I think the one thing for me is actually Twitter, like content swipe files, like just, all of my goals kind of like Twitter is at the, the core and at the center of all those things. 
and uh, kind of solidify this idea I had been circling around of like, maybe I should really take it more seriously and have like a plan to like really grow my following there. So now I'm going to try to act on it and uh, report back. It'll be a public experiment. Awesome. Are there things you've done in the past that you've noticed have contributed to growing your Twitter following? Threads. Threads? It sounds... People like to poop on threads, which I don't really get. It's like when people kind of... I like to poop on threads. on anything. <laughs> In my head. I, I don't do it publicly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But it's kind of like, you know, we're all like kind of gaming the system and like playing the game, yeah. you know? And uh, like why be mad at people who are just like trying to make the most of an opportunity? Yeah. You know, I don't... I don't know. You could make that argument for like literally anything, you know, like SEO and whatever. And of course, if you take it to the extreme, then actually like, I think there is an argument to be made that the quality is degrading or whatever. But like the fact of the matter is if you want to get discovered on Twitter, you have to have something that gets a lot of exposure to new audiences. Mm -hmm. And the thing that people really like to retweet and share are threads. And that's what like, you know, I don't care if it's a blog post on Twitter. That's how people like consuming the content. So like, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care if it's a blog post or not. Like it's on there and people like it. So just give the people what they want. And, uh, so definitely when I've shared things, like I would see a spike. Um, I've, I've seen pretty like steady growth overall, just in like kind of tweeting small things every day, but it's been pretty passive. It's just like ideas that pop in my head or, you know, residue from other things that I work on. But every time I post a thread, I think I've only posted like a couple of threads in general, but it would just be, there would definitely be a big spike in followers, you know, add a few hundred or even like a thousand followers just from a single thread. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've tried a couple of threads before, but I clearly do not have the, you know, understand the workings of it or the format that you, that you need for it. Yeah, I think it's um I think it's definitely an art, yeah. an art form. And I don't know if I have it. I think that's part of this will be like figuring out sort of mm-hmm. what that magic formula is. Um but I think it's also being able to have people who will like share it for you, kind of just like retweet and I think that's why I like this mini mastermind idea is kind of enticing because if you can get people bought in to all like share each other's stuff, then you know, then that does help inherently kind of kickstart the success of any given thread or, you know, whatever content you're producing. So, um, that's definitely, you know, part of it. Uh, you know, but it's, it's really just playing the game. Actually, my wife and I were just talking right before this because, uh, she's trying to grow her Instagram account for her handmade jewelry business. And she's been, you know, kind of having a hard time between like figuring out what to work on and like how to actually like reach new people and, um, of course like marketing, right. It's the hard part. And unfortunately like, you know, Instagram D to C marketing is not my expertise, <laughs> but I try to help out whenever I can, but we did find, so Instagram is like this locked box. There's like basically zero discoverability because you don't really share things all that often. You might share things with like your, your close friends, but, um, it's hard to like reach strangers and like really reach new audiences and, uh, stories are, you know, really kind of like locked into your followers, your posts are definitely locked into your followers. Then there's like the explore feed, but that is like 
hit or miss. Like you never really know if you're going to actually make it and you can't see if you are on there. It just kind of like happens. It's a phenomenon. Um, so like the only, well, before this, like the one thing we found was, you know, any sort of collaboration with another account, like a takeover or just getting featured or getting reposted on a, another account. Um, uh, but also reels now because of TikTok And so Instagram of course is trying to, you know, wait, ride that wave and like take over or like replicate what TikTok is doing. And so they're like heavily favoriting any reels. And so we were noticing she's been creating a couple of reels the last couple of weeks and they get way more engagement than anything else. So like, oh, wow. you know, people could poop on it and be like, Oh, it's just a, you know, TikTok rip off or like, it's just a reel and just kind of it's like, yeah, you know what? I am sorry for trying to like grow my following <laughs> right. and like put myself out there, but like just doing what works and I wish it worked differently, but this is the game we have to play. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So rant over. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is the overall idea. Like I'm curious how you, look at Twitter, is, is it idea generation? So if you have a larger following, you know, the things that you're posting that may turn into newsletter articles or whatever, uh, you know, you just have a, a larger sample size of, of data from, you know, more followers. Is it, uh, you know, having a wider audience for promoting swipe files related stuff or yeah, just curious how you think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's the down funnel effects of newsletter subscribers and ultimately members mm-hmm. um, trying to reach the right people. And uh, I, I actually I haven't shared much about it, but um, the landing page for Swipe Files, since I redesigned it right before launching on Product Hunt back in January, it converts like crazy. Oh wow! I, like, I I think it was like an overnight shift, pretty much, especially after changing it, but then especially after product, I think I kind of kickstarted it, but you know, I'll get anywhere between 10 and 30 new subscribers a day. And, you know, I share my numbers with you, but I sometimes only get a few thousand visitors a month. And so I'm at like a 10 to 20% conversion rate from visitor to subscriber, wow. which is like, you know, really, really high. Yeah. And the, the news that it just keeps growing. And, uh, so I know that if I were to basically use, you know, threads and Twitter to promote this, the newsletter that that actually could work pretty well because I think that the landing page already has proven to convert pretty well. Um, so it's just a matter of getting people to that page. Right. Uh, but then also I think, um, with the community, you know, and like having sort of the offering pretty strong with the workshops and just like, once I get someone in as a follower, then I'm pretty confident that over time, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but you know, I think that that would definitely contribute to getting new members one way or another, whether it's through the newsletter, through the workshops, through other things that I share just on Twitter in general about the community. So, um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, not in it just for the followers, I'm in it for what the followers get. Mm -hmm. So Twitter is one of the main top of funnel sources for swipe files. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's probably the main, the main thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a liability because you know, it's myself and it's, it's just like one thing, but it's a good thing. Cause it's, you know, it's got me this far and it seems to work and there's sort of a path forward. So yeah, it's pretty straightforward. 
I mean, Swipe Files did also get a very nice mention on the uh, Webflow blog last week. Yeah. That was yeah. super cool. Yeah, it's, in- it's funny, actually. Um, I've seen a couple of people talk about like, oh, I've been like trying really hard to like build links and like, you know, boost my, my domain authority for SEO and whatnot. And I haven't put a single ounce of attention on that at all, sort of intentionally, but also just cause a little bit more philosophically, like, I don't think there's a lot to be done actively on like building links, uh, and stuff like that. But I look at Ahrefs right now. Um, but so I thought it was a domain rating of 41 which is actually pretty good. Uh, and like once you get to that 50 threshold, that's pretty like a pretty like mature website and it has over 5,000 backlinks, which (laughs) not a single one of them I have tried to build. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's pretty good. And, uh, you know, because of things like that from Webflow, I actually think that Twitter has a lot to do with it because people see and just know what I'm working on. And then, then they might think of me when, um, you know, when there's something, uh, you know, relevant. Um, like I, I can look, I can look through and if I just like sort by domain rating, you know, Webflow is one of those, uh, I have backlinks from GitHub and Reddit. Um, yeah, I actually have a lot of backlinks from Webflow. Uh, a lot of the podcasts, um, mm. oh, look, here's the microconf vault <laughs> that we created. That gave me a, nice. uh, uh, a backlink maker pad. I'm um, sure. Yeah. Maker pad. Uh, let me see. Hold on. I need to one link per domain. Uh, but yeah, anyways, it's all been passive because of the other things I've done. Oh yeah. Convert it. Oh yeah. I mean, shout out to, uh, Kaylee Moore, who has reached out to me personally about a few things because she knew sort of what I was doing and has included me in a few sites that she writes for. So a convert kit, uh, I forget the other ones. I think maybe campaign monitor, but a few others. Oh yeah. You know, people I know like bud, he's the content head of content for CXL. He gives me links back to swipe files and I've written, I wrote one or two articles for them. Um, so yeah, it's all been fairly, fairly passive. That's awesome. Cool. Well, um, anything else on your list or I know we have we have one topic we could talk through if we want to give it the time or we can wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing else on my list. Yeah. So base camp, um, I read through the posts. We'll have to link to it in the show notes. Um, I'll write a note for that, but, uh, what, what were your overall? So they wrote this, actually I should probably go find it. Um, I think it was called changes at base camp, right? I think so. Yeah but it was basically like some overall like company policies that people took issue with. Um, and they have this numbered. So number one, no more societal or in political discussions on our company base account, uh, base camp account. Uh, number two, no more paternalistic benefits. Number three, no more communities. Number four, no more lingering or dwelling on past decisions. Number five, no more 360 reviews. Number six, no forgetting what we're here to do. Oh, yeah, and that's it. Um, I think most of the issue is about uh, number one, no more societal and political discussions. Mm-hmm. But what, what, what were your thoughts? Just it, to me, it was very surprising to see that come from Basecamp. 
I, I've always seen them as a company that is like very political and active. I mean, you've got DHH as one of the co-founders. <laughs> like, if you've <laughs> followed his Twitter at all, I mean, it, it just looks very hypocritical in my opinion. Uh, you know, and mm. look, I've. I've never ran a company with 60 employees or however many employees they have, 100 employees, 20 employees. I don't know what the challenges are at that level, but to just say no, it basically sounds like don't bring your personal life to work. It, it It's, it's, I just, I don't think that's how people work. We're not automatons that can just show up work and then leave and go about our day. Hmm. Yeah. And it's a bit in line with, uh, I forget his name, CEO of Coinbase when he was all, yeah, Brian Armstrong, they say we're, uh, uh, yeah, like we're, they're basically like a neutral company. I forget the words that they use, but it was basically like, Hey, we're not going to take any like political stance and we're not going to talk about it internally at all either. Yeah. There's also an update. Uh, they DHH wrote an, an update. Um, and also at the end, he says, unsurprisingly, parts of Twitter is very disappointed in us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it seems like they've tried to elaborate a little bit. And I actually haven't sort of tried to skim through. So I just noticed this while we're talking. So I haven't read it completely. Um, yeah, it's a bit interesting because uh, I think personally, I don't know if there's like a right or wrong answer as a whole to um, there's obviously a lot of nuance in that gray area, but it feels like not one of those things where there's like a always or never kind of situation to it, mm -hmm. but it coming from base camp and the way it was delivered did seem a little bit um, odd, especially given it was a little bit vague. Like I, I wasn't actually sure at first what they meant by, no more, you know, on our company Basecamp account. Like, is that like, do they mean their Twitter account or from like Basecamp employees or like internally, like their Basecamp campfire or chat or like whatever they call it. Uh, and I think that he added in our, our company Basecamp account where work happens. So, um, I'm not even really sure if that means that they are not going to take a political stance as a company, or if it just means that they don't want people talking about it internally. Mm. Cause I, I feel like that's, I don't know. I would feel fine the other way around, but it would feel weird if, for example, the company took a political <laughs> stance or something, but then they didn't allow right. people to talk about it internally. Right. Whereas it'd feel more, it would make more sense if people could talk about it internally, but then they didn't take a company stance. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And it feels like it's the first one. I think I think it also had right. like really bad optics because I believe, and again I didn't dive too deep into this, but uh, seeing screenshots, I, I believe the post that they had on their blog before this was like about buying a sauna. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw that or not, but it, it yeah, no, I didn't see that. It, it and I don't know who the post was by, but uh, it's just like I don't know. It, it doesn't look good seeing those two juxtaposed next to each other. Hmm. 
Wait, are they buying a sauna? <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I, I didn't I didn't dive deep deep enough into it. Uh, <laughs> but it, it seemed like maybe maybe one of the founders had bought a sauna. I don't know. Maybe I'm you know maybe I'm spreading fake doctored photos now. But um. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to leave that. Yeah. Um, maybe for uh, uh, for next week. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that, I understand what you mean. Though, like, just like I said, the comparison between the two and kind of timing of them. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I kind of liked the coming back to. I'll come back to the to the main one, but you know, number two, no more paternal paternalistic benefits. This seems like a little bit of um, tied to like personal life leading into work life. They're trying to like separate that so they don't tell you or try to like influence the way that you live your life by incentivizing you to go to the gym or eat, you know, healthy grocery, like, you know, a certain way or something. So I kind of understand that. I was like, huh? I mean, if they're just giving the money back to people, then like, I don't see why I would have an issue with that. You know, fundamentally, um, the committee's one I don't really get, but I think that that sort of makes sense. Past decisions. It's kind of just like a, feels like more of like an internal kind of thing than an external thing. 360 reviews. I actually like, I haven't done a 360 review, but, um, from what I understand, it's a pretty like arduous. Mm. I never really liked, actually we did do peer surveys at bear metrics and I was not a fan personally. Um, but it's not like a hill I'll die on. It's just like, a, <laughs> <laughs> just an opinion. I don't know. It's not based on like a ton. It's just not my, my style, I guess. Maybe I'll change that later. No forgetting what we do here. It's based on so the 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 sixth one kind of felt like the the Coinbase message of like we're here to like make software, mm-hmm. not like change the world kind of thing. Um, which still like very open to interpretation. I feel like I would read into it too much. I don't know if they're really trying to talk, you have to like read between the lines there, and so it's a bit ambiguous, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting uh, to play devil's advocate a little bit. I, I understand maybe where they would be coming from to discourage like political societal discussions in the Basecamp company account, or if they were on Slack, like in some sort of Slack channel, just cause like we're here to work, not to like debate politics, which could be like really distracting or, create strife with your coworkers. I don't know. Like I could kind of see the merit of that, but I'm not, I'm not even sure exactly what they, what they sort of mean, you know? So it's hard to, to really have an opinion about it. Yeah. But the thing is like every company I've ever worked at, like the, the best jobs that I've had have been the ones where like we'd go out for drinks after work with coworkers or we'd, you know, Mm. if you worked in an office, you might, God forbid, get out of your chair and go talk to someone for 15 minutes. Like you're not getting work done <laughs> right, then, right. but you're, you're socializing and you, you might happen to talk about politics. Um, yeah, you know, but you build relationships with people that way and you develop deeper bonds with coworkers. And oftentimes you stay at companies longer because of those bonds, even if you're not necessarily enjoying the the work as much anymore. And so I think to, yeah. You know, maybe this is partly uh 
a challenge with remote work where, uh, hmm. you, you know, you're not seeing when you're in an office, you may not see all of the, the conversations that are happening at people's desks and whatnot. You're not going to hear everything. And, uh, if it's all in, in Slack on, you know, public Slack channels, then, um, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, it's more in your face then. But to me, I just, I don't see how you can remove the personal re relationships out of work and, and maybe I'm misinterpreting what they're trying to do, but, um, that's like, yes, we all want to build, you know, in, in tech, we're, we're trying to build software and, and great products and, but you also want to have fun doing it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Part of that is, is social. Yeah. I'm I mean, I feel like you can ever like leaving out this whole like part of the world yeah. is like a little bit difficult Yeah. Um, for like any discussion or any, you know, even like water cooler chat, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that, you know, that's definitely difficult. That would be kind of awkward if like, oh, I need to, you know, review what I'm saying and make sure that there's like nothing <laughs> societal or political about this in any way. That way I don't get like written up or, you know, told to delete it or edit it or something. Um, but he, I, I did appreciate one thing he said. He said, you shouldn't have to wonder if staying out of it means you're complicit or wading into it means you're a target. Just cause I, I think that that's some of like the cancel culture on, on Twitter is like, um, Oh, look how quiet you are. Or like, I haven't heard anything from this person about this thing. And a little bit of like, everyone needs to have an opinion about everything. And that's not really like, it's not really possible. And, um, maybe not even like healthy to like have such strong opinions about literally everything and to like, always feel like you need to, to voice that. Um, so I, I understand that because like, personally, I'm not a very like confrontational person and, um, I'm never like the one to like stir up kind of strife and like, I'm the, I'm always like air on the side of, uh, I'm just like not going to say anything or I'm going to kind of like dance around this, but I also don't want that to come off as like, I'm on the other side and people to like, you know, mm -hmm. read into it as like, Oh, well he's secretly a racist <laughs> or you know stuff like that. Of like, I just don't want that idea to be even like a possibility. And so I understand what he means of like, should not to wonder if you're staying, if staying out of it means you're complicit because you know, it's like the whole, you know, um, uh, what is it? Like the absence of a message is a message. It's like, ah, it's not, I understand, but like, it's not entirely true for everything all the time. Yeah. I would agree with that. So people are going to listen to this and then they're going to say that I'm a <laughs> base camp defender or something. I don't, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm just trying to. <laughs> have like a well-rounded kind of discussion around it and see all the angles. Uh, I do. I mean, there's an open thread around like, what's the, what's the future of like company, like corporate communication. And, um, it seems like there's this trend of like kind of bifurcating, like there's the companies who are like very vocal. And then there's the companies who are kind of going the base camp route or the Coinbase, Coinbase route of like, we're just going to be completely neutral and like not have anything, anything to say about this again. I don't know if that's exactly what Basecamp is saying. That's what Coinbase was definitely saying, but um, it's interesting that that's going to be, you know, 
Yeah. You sit down and you're like, okay, which kind of company are we going to be? Like that's one of the discussions you have to have pretty early on. Yeah. But I, I viewed it as like, and I don't know enough about their history, but Coinbase seemed like they were sort of always like that. To me, Basecamp is going from this extremely vocal company mm. when it has benefited them in the past, you know, uh, right. with the, the, the anti-VC uh, rants and, um, you know, anti-Apple and right. anti-Google privacy, Data privacy, all of that. And now to, to, to right. be so vocal about all of these topics, but then suddenly be like, nope, we're going to be extremely quiet. That's, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's hard. It was uh, Jeff Roberts. Um, he said, uh, extremely surprised to read this for two reasons. One, isn't data privacy literally the definition <laughs> of a societal issue? <laughs> and two, oh yeah. But I, I agree. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like there are a lot of political and societal issues that aren't just like the really like touchy ones, but it's, you know, things that could affect the way that you do business and, um, legislature, legislatures, laws, like, you know, is GDPR a like political or societal issue? Like, yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's like, what, you just never talk about GDPR. Um, yeah. like, no, like, you, you have to, you know, so I can definitely see that. So that, like what you have to the, you know, just saying no talk about political and societal issues is like too broad of a stroke. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> to, to bring it back to our situation, you know, what, what blows my mind is things never get easier. Like in the last few months I've experienced the both the, the challenges and the, the growth that has come from bringing on other people into the company. Uh, mm. And, you know, every time I reach a certain point, I'm like, okay, like maybe now things are going to be easy. And I've, I've seen other people write about this before and <laughs> it's, it's never that way. So, uh, you know, there's times where, where I start feeling really great. I'm thinking, you know, maybe one day I will try to do like the big venture backed, uh, company or whatever. And, there's times like this where I'm like, I think I don't ever want to work for a company that has more than like five or 10 people again. So. <laughs> right. Right. I know that was my exact thoughts. Yeah. Like big company problems and they're not even a big company. Yeah. I mean, Coinbase is huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, imagine like a Facebook or a Google, right. You know, it's just yikes. People problems, you know, more people and more problems. Yeah. So true. Well, shall we wrap it there? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, if you have thoughts, let us know. Um, we'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this whole kind of growing uh, situation. I don't know, just like the whole kind of trend. Uh, you can tweet us. There'll be links in the show notes to all the, the articles and things mentioned, and we'll see you in the next one.